Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Keith Johnston. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. Today, we're joined by principal analyst Kelsey Chickering to discuss the state of social media marketing in 2023. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Kelsey, thanks for being here. We are going to focus on social media marketing as we get this underway, but you know, I also just want to point out that there's a lot going on in just digital advertising in general. Uh, we're we're at an inflection point, if you will. I think you know between the DOJ, you know, going after Google, who feels like it's monopolizing the market over their ad tech stack, uh, to the challenges with Twitter, to everything that's going on with Meta. There's a lot to talk about here. So just to get us kicked off, like, let's look at the social landscape and tell us how that really fits into the overall digital advertising landscape that just seems to be at the cusp of major change. You know, it's interesting. I think uh, you highlighted about how some of the big guys or the big the big tech platforms are being scrutinized or being questioned. Um, I think that advertisers, the government, everybody alike is really taking a hard look at where have we been spending? Should we really be spending all of our budget or the majority of our budget in these few platforms? And where are the opportunities for us to go otherwise? I mean, even going outside of social for one second, you think about the potential opportunities with Bing competing with Google on search. Like there's there's sort of this um, thing happening where you have the maybe the underdogs uh, punching a little bit above their weight with, with some of these big players. And some of that I think was catalyzed by what happened with Twitter and with Elon and um, you know, the chaos that kind of ensued with, with that takeover because suddenly advertisers were rethinking what their social media mix looked like. I think there was a lot of advertisers who had Twitter on the plan kind of as a mainstay and they might keep it there. It was not a huge budget, but they, they didn't necessarily have a reason to remove it. And all of that, all of what happened, we don't need to get into the details. I'm sure plenty of people have read plenty of information about what's happened in the last several months with um, with that takeover. It just put all of that into question and made advertisers think differently and say, actually, do I need to be spending money here? Do Am I really getting the results that I thought I got? And and if, if I'm not going to spend there, then, then where should I go? And where are the, the new opportunities? And what I find actually exciting about what happened is that it's forced advertisers to think about, okay, well, maybe if I haven't tested in TikTok, now's maybe the time to take those, those dollars and, and test in TikTok. Or even Reddit, like that's, that's a platform that I'm kind of hot on right now because I think that um, it's a fairly brand-safe environment. You get these niche communities and there's just a lot of opportunity for brands to experiment there. So that's all to say that I think the disruption that's happening is actually probably a good thing because it's forcing everybody to rethink their plans and rethink um, where they might want to test and change. So there's a couple of inputs to all this stuff. It's really privacy and trust and some of the uncompetitive practices and everything that may have gotten us here. Let's put that aside. We just continue to evolve. Where do we need to focus now? You know, it's a result of some of these other disruptions in the force, but it doesn't mean that social advertising is going anywhere. We're just evolving this thing. I think a key word that you just said was social advertising, and, and that's our problem, <laughs> is that we've been looking at social media purely as advertising. And first I'll say, like, I actually don't really believe in doing a lot of organic social media. I think you don't get a ton of 
scale or reach and it's it's maybe not the best use of your time but that aside you should be thinking about your advertising on social media still as social media not as a display ad or not as just an extension of your tv buys and i i think that at the start years and you know years ago when brands were taking um, their TV spots and sort of just reformatting them for Facebook, we all said, that's not the way to do it. Let's find a new way to do it. And, and then we got lazy. And, and if you look at the ads now that you see, it's, it's not made for social media. It's, it's made for any platform. And it can, it, it's sort of homogenous in that way. So I think what TikTok has done and what creators have done is forced all of us to realize that they were bad ads that we were serving on, on channels like Meta. And actually, there's so much opportunity to bring creativity back into the advertising that we serve on, on social media. And what's interesting about TikTok is I think there's a lot of brands, a lot of brands I talk to, um, you know, our Forrester clients who feel like they want to be there and they want to be on, on TikTok, but they, they just don't know how. And, and they're like, well, do I need to then have a creator strategy? Well, yeah, you do. You do need to have a creator strategy. And do I, I need to have a different type of team and a different way to shoot content? Yes, all of those things are true, which has made it, I think, challenging for brands to shift and pivot into new channels, but um, is also a good thing because it's forcing us to realize that maybe the ads that we were serving just weren't good to begin with. and We should bring some more creativity back into the work. But going back to something you were saying in terms of like organic social and spending your time there, my background is the B2B marketing space. And I feel like, oh, you know, the sort of motion a few years ago was like, we do a thing, we promote a thing on all the channels and it's the same thing. And sort of what you were talking about on on the ad side of the house, you create an asset and then you're like, let me just spray it across all these channels. Because we were thinking of it in like the broadest sense, I guess. They are, we should look at these channels as specific, there are specific use cases for which they are extremely important, right? And Twitter, I think is a great example, like from a customer service perspective, this is a key channel for you, but not just like yet another marketing channel to kind of blast things out on. Is that fair? Yeah, that's a good clarification. When I say organic, I mean, posting content out to your, to your audience without putting any promotion behind it. However, I, I definitely agree that you, if you've set up Twitter as a customer service channel, you should continue servicing your customers on that channel. And you should be looking to make sure, you know, if people are reaching out to you or trying to talk to you, that you're responding to them in a prompt way. So even if you've stopped advertising on Twitter, it's still really important to maintain um, that level of presence if people are using it as a customer service channel. I also think it's useful to use a channel like that for, for social listening as well to just see, you know, to, to keep a pulse on who is talking about you, why are they talking about you and, and what are they saying? So there's, there's certainly reasons to maintain some presence on, on a channel, even if you're not running paid on it. But I think it's also important to be discerning about how you use it and why you use it and not just think that, okay, if we're on all these channels, we have to run paid on all these channels all the time. That's not really, um, strategic or using it in to the best way possible. Like one of the things that we, in, in one of, um, our recent reports, we talk about social media channels on a maturity spectrum. And you have some channels like Meta that, I mean, they hit on every single, their ad, ad units hit on every single aspect of the customer life cycle, even, you know, everything from discovery all the way through to advocacy. Like if you want to use that for every piece, you can. And there's a reason why people spend a lot of money there. It's because the ads usually work. 
And then you move all the way down into more like test and learn areas where you have um, uh, now Twitter, I think, and, and Reddit. These might be areas where you're trying to figure out like where, how can we sort of infiltrate that community in an interesting way? How do we test different units, different partnerships, all of that? And then in the very middle, you have uh, sort of use cases where you might not be using Pinterest all the time. You're using it for a campaign specific reason. Uh, and that's okay. And it's good to think about like, how do you plus up or down certain channels based on your promotion? So you mentioned TikTok a bunch of times and we're always challenging Twitter. So I feel like we're upgrading TikTok and we're downgrading Twitter. But what you're saying is really interesting though, is that we really need to get back to some skilled communication planning because everybody's got a role, right? Uh, so there's no one size fits all. Do you, you know, is there a new approach going into this new era of, of, of digital advertising that we need to consider? I don't know that it's new so much as it's remembering how, how we should be approaching. I mean, it comes right back to how we used to be advertisers. Like this is marketing 101. You go to where the audience is, you figure out what you need to hear and you deliver a message there in a way that's compelling. And I, I just think that some of that's been, been lost and you're right. It is, it's like comms planning 101. I always start with what are my objectives? Who am I trying to reach? What do they care about? What are the pain points and opportunities with them? And then what jobs do I need to do to, to accomplish it? And that naturally gets you to the types of channels that, that you need. And that might mean channels like TikTok, but that might not mean TikTok. It might mean LinkedIn. It might mean other, other places that are, that are um, important to you. And, you know, it's funny with, with the TikTok thing. I agree. I think we've downgraded Twitter and we've upgraded TikTok. Um, but take all of it in that case, take all of the privacy stuff, all the moderation stuff, take all of that out of it. For me, it's, it's simple. It's just, it's where people are spending time and it's where culture is being made. And I think Twitter used to be that place and had a really important part of culture and it still does to a degree, but TikTok is quickly, um, you know, taking its place. I think in that way, you look at the Super Bowl. there was tons of conversations happening on TikTok around the Super Bowl. That used to be, Twitter's Super Bowl, if you will, for the year. That used to be their biggest ad driving moment, which in this context, they probably still was their highest for the year. But um, a lot of advertisers shifted into TikTok because they realized, okay, culture is still being made here. People are still talking. And if I want to reach anyone under a certain age, I, I, need, to, I need to be there. I mean, 69% of um, Gen Z is on TikTok weekly. I think it's only uh, 20 some percent for, for Twitter. So it's a, it's a big, big difference. So there's a lot of platforms out there and actually you, you, you've, you've already told me to stop calling it social media advertising. So it's just advertising. Um, there once upon a time, Meta and Google was more than 50% of the market out there. Uh, you know, there is a little bit of a decline there and we're talking about these emerging players like TikTok. Um, who are some of the other uh, platforms and technologies and stuff that we need to continue, continue to evaluate as we evolve our comm strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these, these budgets are also going towards things like retail media, um, the Amazons, Walmarts of the world. I mean, you have brands who are laser focused on performance. So it makes a lot of sense that they're thinking about, if they're evaluating all of their channels, where are they getting the performance that they need to grow their business? And, and that's always you know, where, where it comes down to at the end of the day. So I, I think 
that's that's one huge huge opportunity and the other thing is is of course ctv i mean we've we've written about this and talked about the growth that we're seeing there but there's a lot of change happening in that space a lot of cool innovation on the ad formats and the targeting so i think as you're looking for places to get mass audience visibility quickly ctv is another place to be uh to be considering but like you said I think it's not about calling it social media anymore and that we, I think that we need to declassify and decategorize social media channels as social media because, you know, I talked about CTV just now. TikTok's not necessarily competing with Twitter for ad dollars. They're, they're competing with, with CTV for ad dollars. They're competing with Hulu for ad dollars. And similarly, Pinterest should be looking at how they're competing with Google for search dollars. It's all about how are consumers using these platforms? What is the use case? What are your goals? And how do they match up? I think we should remove the days where we just have the social media bucket and we just split them up between the different social media channels and get back to what are our goals and what any channel do we need to deliver on those goals, not just the social media channel. Are you seeing clients do that declassification themselves in their budget, like line items, like saying, you know what? I know that this is, we've had this for paid social for so long and this for, I don't know, TV or whatever, but let's just think about this lump of funds differently this year. So I've always been a big pusher of objective-based media planning where you take your comms plan and you basically say, okay, we have what four jobs to be done that we need to accomplish with these four desired outcomes for those jobs. What's my plan for each job? So instead of having a budget against social media, you should have a budget against my first job to be done, budget against my second. And I, I think in some ways it makes it a little bit more complicated because in terms of managing all the channels, because you need to um, separate them out a bit. But I think it becomes, it forces you to be a lot smarter about how much money you're spending and emphasizing a particular job versus, versus another. So it, sorry to answer your question, I have not seen clients do this yet or brands do this yet um, really declassify social media, but I think um, they should be considering lumping social media channels into other other categories instead and sort of spreading it out um, into those different categories, which would change team dynamics too, by the way. Like you you would have to think about how, how your team is set up, who um, is strong in a certain area versus another. Like if you suddenly have TV buyers buying TikTok, there's an implication there on and, and how they need to, to learn how to do that. Well, it's so interesting. We keep, we have a tendency to put these media channels in the certain buckets, uh, which is just kind of crazy because like streaming, as an example, everybody wants to call it streaming, yet all the streaming is provided by TV companies. So why isn't it really just television evolved, you know, which is also increasingly uh, social. Uh, so let's just, let's talk about a couple of the channels that you believe are inherently social that we may not be thinking of is of being so, uh, like streaming, like the podcast that we're creating right now. There's a lot of really interesting engagement, uh, metrics and, you know, signals that you get from this kind of advertising that I don't think that we're the really thinking uh, of in that way. Mm -hmm. I actually think some of this is related to how you think about your creator strategy and, and podcasting fits into that too. So if I'm looking to reach someone through someone else's voice, not just through an ad, 
where are the different places I, I can do that? And I think that's, that's another area is considering, reconsidering how you um, define influencer marketing and creator marketing. I think we've traditionally defined it as someone posts a product update, like a product promotion on, on Instagram or TikTok, and then you never hear from them again. And that's, that's just such a sliver of, of the full opportunity. So, so I, I think there's another way into new channels and to thinking about new channels is thinking through what your creator and influencer marketing strategy is as well. What are a couple of cool examples of that, you know, creator kind of uh, advertising ilk? Yeah. So in terms of um, the opportunity behind just product promotion, I mean, you can think about co-creation of actual products. And you see Adidas does a lot of this where they work with influencers to actually co-develop a product that then gets promoted. You can think about ambassador programs where you actually have people um, over a course of a year that you're working with consistently and, and giving them product and getting feedback on that product. Uh, you can work with them for insights driving. I mean, this is something I've heard more and more of is uh, brands are actually hiring creators to be sort of like focus groups for them and to give them feedback on product and, and, and what they're making. And then another, another big way, um, and this is, I think, a really big shift more recently is using creators not as influencers, but as content producers. So brands and agencies are actually hiring creators to come in and either advise them on the content they're making or actually make their organic content for them or their social media content uh, for them, which I think is a really interesting way, especially if you're trying to enter TikTok and don't have a team that can execute. That's a great way um, to do it. And frankly, it's probably a lot cheaper than, than working with an agency. I got to ask this question. How social media will the metaverse be? If we're considering like what people are calling the metaverse right now, which of course Forrester calls metaverse precursors, are things like um, Fortnite gaming environments. Those are highly social. I mean, people spend um, significant amounts of time talking to friends or people they've met through these platforms. And it's not just playing the game, it's socializing and chatting with 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 the people you're talking to so i think there's a lot of opportunities um to be social within the metaverse advertising will make the metaverse true or false it might ruin the metaverse <laughs> so so is that true or false i don't know if that <laughs> is actually true or false i just think it might ruin it it might be true i just i look at these new channels and we've been talking about a lot of channels and the reality is, is these things exist because there's room for advertising which creates the money which creates the place. And then we go from the hype cycle to the maturity to like, oh my God, advertising ruined it. Well, that's what built it in the first place. Totally. I mean, I was just listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about how, and I hadn't thought about it until they said it, which is ridiculous because I work in advertising, but they said, uh, you know, the internet would not be free or exist to us if we didn't have advertising. I mean, advertising is the reason we have a free internet. And that was such a a jarring moment for me because I just remembered like, oh, that's why I, I don't have micro payments all over the internet and I can see whatever I want to see. And while I pay for some subscriptions, most of what I um, get to view is free. And that's because of advertising. Kelsey, um, this has been fan so fantastic. Um, what's your bold call for the future here? Is 2023 going to be as tumultuous as it was in 22? Or do we have the kind of clarity that we need to be great marketers again? My call is that you can't control what's going to happen with the platforms and what new drama is going to occur and what new 
changes are going to happen, but you can control your plan. You can control the way that you uh, develop your communication strategy. So my, my call is that it will still be tumultuous, but you can't control it. So go back to the basics and, and really think through what are the jobs I need to accomplish and how can I test into new platforms to accomplish them while I'm also you know, reserving budget for the things that I know have worked in the past. Jen, any parting thoughts? Nope. Just want to thank Kelsey for joining us today. Thank you so much. This was fun. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or drop us a note at podcast at Thanks for listening.